Hey, this is Keith Price, and I am so glad that you have become a part of the Keith Price's Curtain Call family. It is really great that you guys are enjoying it, and I really, really feel like I want to give you guys more and do more for you. And the only way that I can do more is if I can get a little bit of help from you. So what I would like to ask of you is that you check out, if you're listening to the podcast, to the Patreon page that I have started in which I'm asking that if you have an extra buck or two that you could throw over to the side once a month, I would be very appreciative. As time goes on and the more support that I can get and the more energy that I can create, behind this, it will give me the opportunity to reach more people. And the more people that love theater in the world makes the world a better place. So www.patreon.com slash Keith Price Curtain Call. Help a brother out. Come on now. Help a brother out. Thanks a lot. Ooh, you are listening to Keith Price's Curtain Call. This is Keith Price, and we are here, actually, on location. Let me toss my hair back, because, you know, I like to leave the studio whenever I get the opportunity to leave the studio, and so, you know, again, this is one of those opportunities, like I always say, that when you come to New York City, that there is so much more happening besides what you're seeing advertised on Broadway, and that you should always take the energy and the effort to go seek out some other things, especially if you're a theater fan, to go out and seek other things and seek seek other venues, because one of the things is there's a working actor that could use a paycheck. How you doing? <laughs> <laughs> okay. <laughs> let's, let's cut to the real, real. You know what I'm saying? But at the same time, it's always wonderful for me because I get to do discovery. Now, I'm sitting here at Urban Stages here in New York City. And actually today that we're actually recording this interview is the first preview, and I understand the only preview, (laughs) for a very limited run of a play called Holy Ghosts, which is actually, this is what, the 25th year anniversary of well, the revival been done in over 40 and, years. oh okay but it's been a minute since it's been done yes oh, yeah. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah and that voice that you hear in the back is actually one of the artistic directors yes. of theater east who is here now doing their p- production of holy ghost written by romulus Re- um lenny i was gonna say romulus and remus <laughs> like everybody else does romulus Lenny, who that last name, if you're very familiar with, his daughter, Miss Laura Lenny, who, by the way, if you got you on Netflix, you need to see Ozarks to catch her, but that's a side note. Anyways, back to the man that's sitting in the room right now with me, Mr. Judson Jones, who I'm about to freak out when I say to him, Hyde Park Bar and Grill French Fries. What? Yes. The best French fries in the world. Kirby Lane Queso. Yes. No one even knows what queso is here. With a dollop of guacamole oh, in the middle. Oh, and yes. shall I tell you how I know that? Oh. Kim, what is that? The Lom Kim's peach pudding thing? Yes. That they, yes. yes. Peach bread oh, pudding? Is, yes. Why do I know that? Because I, Judson, am also from Texas and yes. also went to school, University of Texas at Austin. Yes. How you doing? How are you? Oh my goodness! I've been sitting on that this whole time. Wonderful. So Judson, my fellow Austinites, 
Yes, when I say to you, I was there for the first South by Southwest Festival. Oh, yeah. Oh, yes. That's a while back. Yes. Yes. So, Justin, you were here, New Yorker, my fellow lost Texan. Yes. Come here trying to get his groove on, acting, directing, and is here directing this piece that has not been done in over 40 years, first and foremost. And... Taking on, I mean, you're just doing it. Like, what is it like to just, you're here in New York, you're doing it. Yeah, you know, we, we did a reading of this about four years ago with our reading series. And without the intention of producing it. Uh, and the response was just so strong. Uh, and when we started asking people what what they needed to hear right now. Uh, you know, in the past we've done shows that are... Uh, provocative in different ways of, of we've tackled marriage equality and reproductive rights and we've stoked the fires uh, and when we asked people what they needed people said hope hmm. need something to hope well what about what's what's so strong about this piece then for you that brings it out what happens when a small community of people get together <laughs> That's always like that has good connotations and bad connotations. It can, it it can. Way absolutely, absolutely. Well, I guess that, you know the question of what's the difference between a mob and a community, uh, and that what happens? Maybe it's intention, maybe. Um, but yeah, oh. Tom Green is joining us. Uh, you just come on up. Come on up. Tom. This is this is the casual part about That's the right. podcast. That's I right. Uh, I'm gonna freak him out with my my keywords too. Right? Yes, absolutely. You guess will. who did their research? Yes, you most much. definitely did. So no, but go ahead. Tom. Uh, and uh, so when people started saying they needed something uh, of hope and looking at this play and about this group of people that come together and they experience experience through each other they experience magic uh and it really you know for me because doing theater it's often hoping for that miracle uh and and how we are transported when we come together with a common effort um so that's what kind of started the journey of of rereading it with the intention of producing it uh, and then started the journey to try to secure the rights after 40 years. Wow. Wow. Well, joining us now, that was uh, Judson James Jones, excuse me, who is the artistic director of Theater East, and we're here at Urban Stages as they get ready to mount up a production of Holy Ghost, and in the room walks one of the other actors who, Mr. Tom Green, who I'm about to freak out yes. as well. Because I have a few key words that I want to toss at you. And audience, please listen. You've heard these words before. Hyde Park Bar and Grill French fries. Hell yeah. <laughs> Kirby Lane queso. Scoop of guacamole in the middle. Whenever I can. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. anytime. Right there on 30th Street near campus. Hello. All right, Tom Green. How you doing, Mr. Tom Green? How are you? I'm wonderful. So, again, am I wowing them with my, my logic of Austin? Because as I was just telling your friend, I'm from Texas. I grew up in Galveston, went to school at UT Austin. So I'm very familiar with the work that you guys have done with the Hyde Park Theater Group down in Austin, Texas, which is when I saw all of that, I was just like, oh. I'm thinking, did Sean know all of this about me before he booked... <laughs> I think it was just a moment of serendipity. Am I wrong? Talking to the publicist in the background. And so, Tom, what is this is the thing I wanted to say to ask both of you, because you're working in New York and you still keep your roots back home in Texas. So, Tom, 
tell me, what is it like for you as an actor getting to work both in Texas and also here? And I almost feel like you probably are more based in Texas. Am I wrong? It's about six months, six months, okay. uh, and it has been. And uh, uh, I'm lucky enough to uh, have an apartment in both cities. My wife's oh. a writer, and so oh. she can shift oh, back and forth. Um, <laughs> I, like, I was just looking at you going, you're just so casual and, and getting all, I got a place here in Austin and went home. What's your story? <laughs> it is nice. So it's kind of wherever I'm on stage, you oh, know. Well, and uh, uh, lately, it's been a lot of work in Austin. It's been great to hook up with Judd and Theater East here, and I look forward to doing more here as the opportunities arise, yeah. Well, so tell me about your, your participation in the show. Oh, man. Uh, the character's name is Rogers Canfield. When I read this script, I guess now two years ago, um, it's the character I immediately fell in love with. Um, uh, he's a washed-up, retired lawyer, uh, widower, um, um, lives with his daughter, mm -hmm. and uh, drinks too much. Um, and he's drawn into this marital conflict of the main characters, Mr. and Mrs. Shedman, and... Um, as Mr. Shedman's lawyer, and is uh, kind of just happens upon this church, and um, his transformation is a joy to play. Yeah, it's great. Like this, the character's journey is one that you clearly are. I see the smile on your face right now as you're talking about him. Like, is that one that you yourself have been on personally, or is it something that you're able to really enjoy the ride as of the character to kind of experience yourself? Well, it's always nice to bring your life to bear on a character. Um, I happen to have spent 20 years as a lawyer doing various things. <laughs> um, but was Again, now I can understand why he has the apartment there and the apartment here. Yes, Mr. Green. I want to be an actor. Shut uh, up. <laughs> and when I got burned out on law, um, came back to the stage and... Um, stage is my church and so now that i think about it there's a lot of in common between me and mr canfield yeah so um yeah it's nice it's it's it's, it's a sweet role um sweet 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 man and what's it like for you to be i mean because here you're getting to do i mean I, I looked at your resume and you got to do a lot of stuff back home in texas and, and it's nice because you get the opportunities to do those kinds of roles but when you come to a place like a new york city then it's like how many law and orders did you get? And you know, are you who's who, who's going to be at the rehearsal hall today when I'm going to do the sixth audition for you know Gangster Number Seven? I mean, what what's that like now for you as an actor? It's it, it is different, you know, but it's also similar. In, in Austin, I work uh, with friends, a group uh, in two or three different theaters that basically call me when they think a role is right. I was lucky enough to meet Judd. I didn't really meet Judd in Texas. I think we did cross paths, but that was about it. And when I got here, we, I came and saw something at Alani's, yeah, yeah, I think. Right. And we just started talking and talking and talking and uh, wound up doing a show two years ago and now this one, um, hopefully more. Mm -hmm. um, um, and so it's similar in that sense. My wife is uh, in the process of applying to uh, gra grad school. She's a writer, and they're all in New York, and so we could wind up here full time. And if and when that happens, I should say, honey, when that happens. <laughs> um, you know, the whole New York thing. I love talking to my castmates about do you have an agent? What do you do? I mean, and everyone, of the 30 actors I've worked with now in New York, yeah. there are 30 different answers mm -hmm. as to what you're supposed mm -hmm. to do exactly. <laughs> you know exactly. and so i don't know what's going to be right for me yeah. i love to work 
Yeah. You know, you know, it, I love to work, so I'll find out a way to do that one way or the other. Well, that's fantastic. I mean, with a writer at home, maybe there's a part that they could just write for you and save yeah, you the hassle. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> she's, she's a beautiful writer. Yeah. All, right, all right. Well, so, so Judson, so here you are now. We're talking about uh, Romulus Linney as a playwright. What was it about his work that's attracted you? Because his work is not that well known when you think about, like, in the canons of American playwrights. You know, his name doesn't jump out at you. No, and, it, and it's, you know, it's interesting because there are two theaters named after him yeah. in New York. Um, but he's not... He's not done near as often, and, and some we have a, a have a mutual friend that knew Romulus at EST years ago, and he said that it, it was because people were frightened of him, that they didn't know how to approach his characters, and I I get that. Uh, uh, you know, one of the I've, one of the things I find fascinating about his writing is his agenda. Uh, so many times is simply to show this experience versus I want uh, uh, I want the audience to come out thinking a certain way uh, uh, a good friend of ours a playwright that talked about how the question should be or the desire should be not here's what I want you to think but over the next 90 minutes here's what I want you to think about and Lenny really does that and, and tackles characters that we can be very quick to judge. Uh, and he says, let's just sit back and watch him. Uh, you know, I, I, I've often thought, like Horton Foote, who, who also writes about the South, but, but it's a very romantic South, yeah. that Lenny writes about the catfish guts of the South. Uh, he writes about the... <laughs> he goes to the bottom feeder and rips the guts he, out. He oh, really right. does. Of, of let's, and it's not from from a judgmental place, but let's just acknowledge yeah. the, the, the grit under the fingernails uh, of the South. Uh, and let's talk about these characters in a very generous way but a truthful way. Uh, and so there aren't the estates that you might find in a Horton Foot play. Uh, there are, are trailers <laughs> uh, and lean-tos and, and in the backwoods of the South. Okay, so then I'm the generalization in my head that I just... It, it, I, I know I'm going to get killed for this when I say it, but like it's, it's almost as if you're capturing a piece of what some might consider Trump America. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Uh, uh, and, you know, and I think that, you know, because there, there was the question, you know, how did, how did this happen? We were doing a show together, the last show we did together. We, and we, had, we had tech <laughs> the next morning, the Wednesday morning. Yeah. And it was raining, as you remember. Mm -hmm. And everyone was walking in just... Devastating. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And, you know, and the question, how? How did this happen? And, and Lenny does, while I don't know if there's anyone, any of the characters in this play that would be wearing a, a MAGA hat, mm -hmm. <laughs> um, it is those people, as Lenny talked about, the bottom of American life. Uh -uh. And their, their humanity and faith are m very much in, uh, uh, intermingled 
uh, and that they believe in these experiences that they have through this catharsis, you know, then it uh, uh, it's a part of their humanity, uh, and uh, uh, and so it is very much of looking very closely at these people that are definitely next door neighbors yeah. <laughs> of of us, yeah. Yeah. Well, then, so for you, Tom, then coming into this with your experience of, like you said, you were devastated when at the, <laughs> as many of us were on that, that sobering day. Um, but when you, as, I'm assuming you were acting then, so you were yeah. away from the legal profession at the yeah. time. So that means you brought in a whole lot of your own life, business corporate energy into this conversation and I don't know what play were you doing at the time A Name for a Ghost of Mother by Cindy Williams a Texas right. playwright Texas yeah so you're doing you're doing you're getting ready to go up on stage and I, your your acting experience I'm assuming is not as long as your legal experience as at this point not to not to throw shade at your no, performances. No, it, it probably longer now. No. Is that the way I look at it? Is um, I took twenty years off to practice law, but I was <laughs> acting before that, and I've been acting. I, I retired in two thousand and sheesh five. Wow. So I've been back on stage since then. So and I was only you know, but A yes. So um, I was in that world of uh, uh, corporatism. So there's both. The Lenny characters that may be Trump people, and then there's a lot of very wealthy people who are Trump people. That's <laughs> yeah. very true. So, well, you know, I was at a, I was in Provincetown over the summer, and Bianca Del Rio, the drag queen extraordinaire, had the best line, and she said that if you're a Trump supporter, you're either a, a billionaire or an idiot. So check your bank account. Mm -hmm. And so to hear you talk about that, I mean, it's like you come from that different kind of energy, but walking in to going to do a piece, it's that it, it's like. The separation. How were you able to separate that? Because it's that's that must be kind of hard. I would assume. Yeah, it was an amazing day because I remember trudging to this theater from the subway. It's only a couple of blocks, but when I walked in, it was a uh, it's a female heavy play. Uh, only a couple of men, three. three. Yeah, three. and there, this is all men. When I walked in, all the women were already here, and they were in a heap on stage as we were to commence tech. So. That set the tone very much, and, um, and tech is already a drag. Yeah, so we're heading into a long day. And what what turned out was there was nowhere else I would have rather been than with my fellow artists. And that may sound highfalutin, but I was I was so ripped, and everyone on the subway had their head down, and on the sidewalk was quiet, and it was just like this day. And we went into a nine-hour tech. And God damn, I was grateful. <laughs> <You know? laughs> that was the most grateful tech I've ever had. I, think, I don't think any actor ever has ever said they've been grateful for tech. <laughs> on that November day. Yeah. On that November day. Yeah. And, and so we took that grief, literally, mm -hmm. and we poured it into this really beautiful piece mm -hmm. um, and, uh, you know, lifted ourselves up. Mm -hmm. That's what happened. Yeah. Right. And so now with this piece... Holy Ghosts, you're going to be bringing up another aspect of <laughs> of our culture, of our culture back home. You know how we like to say back home, you know. Um, and that's also a very odd thing to take on the stage as well. 
in this, especially in this kind of climate now, because that's also a very big part of the conversations that we're having today. So how lucky do you feel to be a part of something like that, both of you, just being able to have a little art imitate life, grabbing pieces of life to throw into your art at the same time? Yeah, I, I wish more people, you know, it, it, well, it's wonderful preaching to the choir. Yeah. I wish people that thought this was going to be something else were to wander in Ooh. and to think, oh, yes, let's go see a good church play. <laughs> and then wander in and see something that, uh, uh, that they're not going to get on Sunday morning. Uh, and because Lenny really kind of creates a church of how he would like it to be. Uh, it's not like a church I ever experienced growing up in the South. Uh, and he was like, this is, I would like to have these things. I wanted it to be loud and entertaining and progressive and inclusive. Uh, and sure, well, you're going to handle some snakes as well. <laughs> I went to the good old Mount Moriah Baptist Church, Missionary Baptist Church, Galveston, Texas. Reverend E.L. Gates was my pastor. <laughs> you know, we didn't have snakes. Right. No, no. Uh, and we did not. We, you know, I went to churches that we we spoke in tongues. I did not, but I witnessed it uh, and saw people laying on of hands and dancing in the aisle and anointing of oil and, and everything but the snake handling. Uh, and it was wildly entertaining. I mean, as a right. kid, I you know that's I, I think going into the theater from that it is sense. not it's not far. No, <laughs> I, you know I grew up in the church. The church was that was the place that was the audience that was my my weekly spot. Come on now, but now for you, Tom Green, as I don't mean to just assume, but is this also part of your background? This religious energy that we're bringing onto the stage. <laughs> I was curious. I was raised Mormon in Salt Lake City. What? <laughs> Wait, let me get closer. Hold up. What? So uh, the singing is very familiar. The first time I ever spoke before an audience. Mm -hmm. so the great thing about what the Mormons do, I left the church when I was 12, but um, as soon as basically you can talk, you mm -hmm. stand up and talk to a congregation. So a lot of actors are Mormons. Mm -hmm. They just happen to be. Anyway, um, um, so yes, there is some of that energy here uh, uh, that's, Wonderful. We've we've had to, and Judd's required us, and I think Lenny does when it's done correctly, as Judd is doing it. You have to dive so deep into these people to bring them to life. It's it's unlike any other character I've ever played. Mm -hmm. And when I first read it, I didn't see it on the page. I just didn't see it. Mm -hmm. But the work we've done and the way we've gone about it, everybody, and we talk about it backstage all the time. It's like, oh, another level. Oh, another level. Oh. My first tear comes here <laughs> now instead of at the very well, end. Yeah, but that's the beauty of getting to discover the piece. That's that's what the acting work is about. When, yeah, when it works. So that's great, though. So that means that even now up until today, which is going to be their first preview, you are still discovering things about this character. Absolutely. Absolutely. When I go home and talk to my wife every night about it, it's like, because she's been running lines with me, poor thing. Um, um, you know what? That's helping make sure that the coffers stay full. Now, you, you tell her she gets on the stick. Yeah, yeah. It's like, did you know how funny he can be here? Right. Or 
did you know how sad this person is when they say that line? It's just, that's great. There's all these things come up every night. Well that's, well, that's a good thing about at least running aligns with, with a writer who's going to help you in addition to the work that you're getting from your brilliant director. <laughs> in, a, in addition to the world of experience that you bring to the role yourself. It's good to know that you have those extra resources. Right yeah, it's wonderful. Yeah. It's wonderful. Fantastic. Well, Tom Green and Mr. Justin John Jones. I'm going to call you Johns. I don't know. First, it was Romulus and Remus. <laughs> That's right. That's right. <laughs> you know what it is? I'm thinking about the damn High Park Bar and French fries. But as of now, the show has today. I mean, by the time I get to get this edited and out to you all, this show will have already started its run, yes. and it's going until October sixth. October 6th. So that means you have a few weeks to get your behinds up to New York City if you want to see a little something, something. Mm -hmm. Come get some, especially you Texans that be coming up from here. Y'all come up here and get a little Texas flavor and support your people. Because, you know, they here. (laughs) We had to leave. (laughs) Couldn't stay there. Shit. Ain't nothing going on there. That's why I got to bring it all here to New York City. So if you are, see, I make these people laugh. If you are planning your trips to New York City, this is one of those opportunities. Like I always try to tell people that, you know, the theater is alive and well and in so many different places and and one of the things that I love about being off-Broadway, and I know that this is going to sound corny, is that you can have the conversations that Holy Ghosts will be able to have on a stage. You know, I've, I've covered a lot of other smaller shows off-Broadway, and one of the things that I love is that they get to have those hard conversations that unfortunately you can't have on a commercial Broadway stage all the time. It happens, that, that nexus happens very rarely when you can get a social thing and a business thing and, you know, all to work. You know, <laughs> we're never going to all be Hamilton. But at the same time, something like this is one of those pieces that will do that. So thank you guys for taking some time to chat with me. And we will be back. Look for Keith Price's Curtain Call on iTunes, SoundCloud, Google Play Music, and now Mix.